Thanks for listening to another episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Bejarana Gutierrez. We've had a few podcasts so far, short, basically laying the groundwork for where we want to take these podcasts. Today, we're going to jump in and start to look at a particular point of view that I want to use to examine the idea and the boundaries of what we consider to be Jewish and Christian. Now, in a lecture that discussed the conquest of the Aztec Empire by the conquistador Hernán Cortés, a professor by the name of Martin Rios Saloma asked a simple question to the audience. Did Mexico and Spain exist at the beginning of the 16th century, and this is important, as we understand them today? The answer was an unequivocal no. At the beginning of the 16th century, Spain was in reality two separate kingdoms, the Kingdom of Castile and the Kingdom of Aragon. And despite the matrimony of King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella, the monarchs that were responsible for funding Christopher Columbus's voyages to the New World, each remained the sovereign of their respective dominions. While the crowns of both realms were ultimately inherited by their grandson, Charles V, centuries would pass before Spain would arise in the form we know it currently. Now, the Aztec Empire formed the predominant power in the middle of the country we now recognize as present-day Mexico. No single language characterized Mexico. The continued existence of 63 indigenous languages today testifies to that diversity. No one union or alliance constituted a single nation, and many other groups existed independently or were distinct from Aztec identity. In fact, many saw themselves as the enemies of the Aztec Empire. While this is well established, the image of the conquest is often filtered through heavily colored lenses. You might remember if you were in elementary school or junior high, you probably read about the conquest of Mexico in your history books, probably a paragraph long, maybe a picture, and there was something quite simple. Hernán Cortés and 600 Spaniards came and conquered the Aztec Empire, and that was pretty much all that you learned. Now, Professor Martin Rio Saloma argues that our conceptions of the past are often formulated by political, emotional, and nationalistic interpretations and agendas. And that especially in the 1800s, and then once again in the 1900s, much of what we characterize, for example, as Mexican or Spanish identity, actually developed in relation to one another. Now, Spain in the 1800s had lost its empire, and the former colonies were looking to forge their own identity. If Spain was one thing, then Mexico was the opposite in the seesaw process of emerging identity. If Spain was the conqueror, Mexico was the victim. If Spain was European, Mexico was indigenous. If Spain was enlightened, then Mexico was correspondingly backward. Now, amid these views, surprising counterpoints exist. For example, in the Constitution of 1812 that was passed in Spain in the midst of the Napoleonic era, the Constitution recognized all individuals in the Iberian Peninsula and the Americas as Spaniards. 
highlighting how different things were at one time. That post challenges to the perceived dichotomy between the two groups as a long-standing element purportedly evident to all. And you're probably asking at this point, what does this have to do with Jewish and Christian identity? But you've obviously heard me note that in this seesaw process of emerging identity between Spaniards and, let's say, Mexico or Mexicans, there's this kind of complementary process that comes about. There's this understanding of what really defines each group. And this is extremely important for us as we sort of try to perceive what the boundary lines are between Judaism and Christianity. Now let's continue with our review of the conquest. Equally noteworthy is that Hernán Cortés, the great conquistador, is often depicted as conquering an empire of hundreds of thousands of people with only 600 or so men. You might remember the history books that I mentioned as a child or in junior high. Indeed, Cortez's final assault on the capital of the Aztec Empire in 1521 included less than a thousand men from the Iberian Peninsula. But of course, that's only part of the story. For every Spanish soldier who participated in the Aztec capital's final conquest, there were 100 or 120 or even 150 indigenous warriors from various tribes that had allied with the Spanish. The native forces that allied with Hernán Cortés and the Spanish easily numbered 100,000 warriors or more. Now, these individuals have typically been regarded as quote-unquote traitors by later Mexican society, but the lack of a quote-unquote Mexico at the time of the conquest must change this view. And with that, our understanding of the conquest becomes inevitably very different when we realize that from the perspective of the indigenous tribes, the ones that were subjugated to the Aztec Empire, the Spanish oddly enough, represented a point of liberation. Now, the story of these groups also is important because it highlights the fact that their stories have in many ways been forgotten or marginalized for the sake of a greater narrative, usually constructed with political or nationalistic elements in mind. Now, as a consequence, these voices have often been lost. As Professor Martin Rio Saloma noted, indigenous groups that opted to side with Cortez often negotiated their position in the new world order, if you will, that they recognized was taking shape. So from their standpoint, they figured it was better to be in a position where they could bargain for their alliance and their allegiance rather than simply go with the events as they developed. Consequently, they saw the winds of change blowing and they wanted to make sure that they were able to participate in this new development. Now, what we'll do in the second part of this episode, which will be separate, will be we'll return back to the topic of Judaism and Christianity and sort of look at the examples that we've looked at and then apply them to Judaism and Christianity. So if you're interested in that, make sure to tune in to the second part of this episode, and then we'll continue our journey.